Hello and welcome to the 111th episode of iPhone Life Podcast. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, senior web editor. Donna is out sick today, so Sarah and I will be holding down the fort, but we've got a really awesome show for you. We are going to go over the WWDC rumors coming up because WWDC is next week. Uh, But first, before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about one of our sponsors for this episode, Fanatic. So Fanatic created an app called Informant. It's actually Informant 5 now, and it is the best calendar app out there. And so if you are someone who is still using Apple's calendar app and are frustrated by the bad UI and how hard it is to use, check out Informant 5. Uh, And part of what makes it great is Apple has a reminders app and a calendar app, and they're two separate unrelated apps. Well, Informant, for some reason, for some reason uh, <laughs> Informant has combined them into one app, which is how it should be, because a lot of your reminders have a calendar element to it, and vice versa. Uh, also, they just put a lot of attention to detail in terms of making it easy to use and user-friendly, and it's free to try, so make sure you check it out. Uh, and you can li- li- look in the App Store for Informant 5, or we will link to it in our show notes at iphonelife.com slash podcast. Uh, next up, let's talk about our tip of the day newsletter. It is our free service every day. We send you something cool you can do with your iPhone. Uh, and so go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to subscribe. My favorite tip from this week is how to create bookmarks in Safari. So I think I mentioned this. I switched from Chrome to Safari the a couple weeks ago, and I have been trying to optimize it. So this is a great tip for me because I have several folders, um, and I have one for work, one for personal, and a few others. Uh, and so to do that, let me tell you how to do it. To create a bookmark how folder? How to create a bookmark folder, yes. So you go to the Safari app, you tap on the bookmark icon, and that looks like a book. Uh, and then you hit edit, and then you hit new folder. And then you can, of course, name the folder, and then you can um, manage it, so you can put your bookmarks in it. Uh, and then you hit done. And it's super easy. Uh, you can also, of course, do this from Safari in your uh, on your computer, and that works pretty well as well. As long as you have iCloud enabled for Safari, yes, on your devices, that's important. Which leads us nicely to our tip of the, uh, to our insider. So, for next up, we want to tell you a little bit about iPhone Life Insider. This is our premium subscription. In addition to getting a tip every day, we send you a video with that tip, and it makes it super easy to follow. We have in-depth video guides. We have a digital subscription to the magazine, and we have uh, extended versions of the podcast. And of course, we have the ability to ask us questions about your iPhone. So Sarah is going to tell us about her favorite question. But before she does, if you want to subscribe, make sure you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast. And we actually have a discount for you if you go to iphonelife.com iphonelife.com slash podcast will link to this discount, but I'll tell you right now, it's iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. And that will take you to uh, give you $5 off to subscribe. Sarah, what was your favorite question for this week? So I got a question that I thought was really important just because I use this feature so much on my own devices. Mm -hmm. Um, And the question was, how do I get my passwords that I've saved on my iPad, my website, and app passwords to also be on my iPhone. Mm. 
Right. So this insider is referring to uh, Keychain, which is Apple's password manager that um, manages your passwords, like saves them across your devices. So you can, instead of trying to remember them, just autofill them and also suggests strong passwords, which is really important and alerts you, for instance, if you don't have, if you're, if you're using the same password, because that's a, makes your accounts more vulnerable. Um, but in order to use that across your devices, you have to have it set up to do that. So here's how. Um, you need to enable a keychain, which is what it's called, to um, in your iCloud settings on both your iPhone and your iPad. And if you have a Mac, I recommend doing it for your Mac as right. well. Right, pretty much any device you're using mm -hmm. the Safari app on. Um, and so the steps to do this are the same on both your iPhone and your iPad. If you're on a Mac, um, you'd go to like uh, the Apple preferences, iCloud, and do it there. Um, but for your iPhone and iPad, you open the settings app, you tap your name at the top of the settings menu, um, your name, your Apple ID, and then you tap iCloud. And if Keychain doesn't already say on in that the menu list that appears there, you tap on that and you toggle iCloud Keychain, <laughs> keychain on and then um, any other device you have iCloud Keychain on that you're signed into the same iCloud account will have all of your passwords for all your accounts and apps. And this is one of my favorite features It's actually why I switched to Safari is because it makes password management super easy. Uh, and it actually works for third party apps as well. A lot of times so, um, Apple, if you have a web, if you use the web version on your computer and then you open up the third party app, it'll know the password. So it's super convenient. It makes it really easy to have secure passwords and have Apple pretty much just take care of all of it. So make sure you have it set up because it's, it's worth it. It's easy. And make sure you subscribe to iPhone Life Insider. Um, next up, it looks like we have, oh, we don't have any comments from our listeners. So let's get to the main topic, huh? Yeah, so WWDC, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, is Apple's annual uh, Worldwide Developers Conference. Is this the 30th one? I think oh, it might man, be. Oh, man, I lost track, but I a lot of them. <laughs> don't take my word for it, but it might be. Um, and... Generally, this is the biggest announcement that Apple does besides the iPhone announcement, but it's instead of hardware-focused, it's software-focused. So this is when we're going to find out what features Apple's going to include in iOS 13 when it releases that in the fall, but also watch OS, um, Apple TV OS, and, uh, and the Mac one, which we don't cover too much, but there are some exciting developments that with Mac OS that will affect your iOS devices. So we're going to talk about that too. Great. So let's let's hear it. What's the latest iOS 13 rumors? So I just kind of did a list of the rumors I'm most excited about. Um, one is dark mode. Um, people have been loving that since it was added to Mac OS. I think it was Mojave. Yeah. Um, and so we should be getting it on our iPhones and iPads, which will make it a lot easier to use our iPhones in low light, but also sometimes people just prefer that background. It makes it easier to just focus on the text as opposed to all the different menu options and other things. I wish Donna was here because Donna has made the switch to dark mode. Um, so first of all, dark mode basically by default, all of the apps pretty much have a white background. If you open up notes, it's going to be a light colored background. In mail, it's a white background. Calendar's white. So dark mode basically means by default, the background for all of those is dark, uh, and then that makes the text color usually white. I haven't loved it, but a lot of people do. Have you used it? Um, a little bit. I 
to be honest, like I just updated my Mac, so I haven't had a chance <laughs> to really, because my older Mac couldn't do that. Um, so I haven't had a chance to really explore it, but I'm excited to because it's just nice to not have your eye. I feel like my eyes are being stabbed by the brightness of my screen. Sometimes. Yeah. See, I have the like the setting on my phone where it at nighttime it like makes my phone a little yellow and less bright, which I like. Oh yeah, I li- like night shift. Yeah, I love that. I yeah. like night shift, but dark mode it's too dark. I don't know. Um, I'd actually be curious to see if you guys have Mac, if you guys are using it. That can be our question of the day. Are you using dark mode on Mac, and are you looking forward to it for iPhone? So we can send us that at uh, podcast at iphonelife.com. Okay, so we have dark mode. uh, And the other advantage you mentioned for dark mode is that it also saves some battery life. So that's nice. What what else do we have? Um, I guess... This is one that Donna added. Um, the Reminders app and the Maps app are both getting updates. Um, the Reminders app is actually going to have kind of a new UI. There's, it's going to have like a sort of instead of that weird list of, you know, your different types mm-hmm. of reminders, there's going to be like a, a main page with like your different like scheduled and flagged and um, and things like that. Hmm. And so... I don't know. I really actually, even though we were just dissing the Reminders app, <laughs> I, I actually use it a fair amount. And so I'm interested to see how this will change or affect the way that I use it. Yeah, I use it quite a bit too. And there's a simplicity to it that I'd be worried that they would ruin, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I actually don't use it for like reminders in a way that's super useful, just because I mostly use it for my like shopping list yeah i have my groceries list i have i have like recurring reminders yeah i have one for like giving my dogs their heartworm preventative and watering my plants i have one for taking out the trash (laughs) okay so we have our reminder it is and i forget and then i have to wait a week and it's sad what else (laughs) so uh i guess i also i hadn't really heard any maps app ones so maybe i should skip that one (laughs) Okay. Um, I think it's just going to have like just more better features, of but use the usual kind of things. You know, maybe I'll save this for complaints. I have a complaint about the map app. Okay. Um, so, find my friends and find my iPhone are supposed to be getting combined into a single app, which makes a lot of sense because yeah, they're kind of doing the same thing, and mm-hmm. only like one you're searching for the person, and the other you're searching for the device. Mm-hmm. So why not? have them that makes sense thing. um i'm really excited about the mail app updates because you'll be able to mute threads uh you'll be able to mark emails to be read later although i usually uh, just flag the ones i want to yeah. read later um and this is the most exciting one you can block contacts Ooh, so, i like that so of course all of these are rumors yeah not like fact but i'm just gonna assume that's definitely happening because <laughs> i'm very excited about it so what what does it mean to mute a thread um it means basically if you've been going back and forth like in an email that you can just mute it and stop getting notifications about it if you get email notifications. Oh, I see. So that's muting an, a thread in terms of the notifications for it. Okay. See, I have my notifications turned off altogether. Or, I mean, I might be misunderstanding it. It could just be that like, you know, you won't, it won't even really be showing up in your inbox, mm-hmm. but that's a little weird. You'd want to be able to find it later. We'll see. Yep. Uh, Another exciting thing is it seems like Apple's, a lot of these updates are to make the iPad much better for work because 
you know, the last iPad announcement, Apple was basically saying, this is your new laptop. Mm -hmm. Um, So one really exciting thing is we'll be able to have multiple windows open for the same app. And so that would be really cool. Like for multitasking? Yeah. So you could have like side by side for like Safari or something. Or you can do what they're calling stacks where you can sort of stack your different windows and then like pull them up to Uh, work on them or like dismiss them. Kind of like the Safari tabs you do. I mean, I definitely, like, when the iPad Pro came out, I wrote a whole article about how it's a great iPad, but that you can't use it for work or as a laptop replacement, in my opinion. I got a lot of emails agreeing with me and a lot of emails disagreeing with me, so it's controversial, but that's my opinion. I would love it if that were not true anymore. I'm a little skeptical because Apple's been working at this for a while. I'm sure it'll be a useful upgrade. I'll be very surprised if it turns it into a laptop replacement. But that definitely is multitasking, despite the fact that they added features called multitasking, is one of the main reasons why I struggle to use my iPad as a laptop replacement. So if they had some nice UI changes for that, that would go a long way. Yeah, one thing I do with my iPad to make it work better as a laptop replacement um, is my my keyboard. I use a lot of keyboard shortcuts mm-hmm. so that I can easily switch between apps without having to even, you know, sort of swipe up and open, you know, like all the different screens and stuff. But and What are some of your favorite <clears throat> keyboard shortcuts? Uh, command tab. Yeah, I love command tab. I it's love it for computers best. too. So command yeah. tab is a way... It, to easily switch between your recently used apps without having to open up the multitask or the right. like app switcher on the tablet. Yeah, so you just do command tab and that will bring you to the most recent one that you use. But if you keep holding and press tab again, you, it will take you through the whole list of like open apps. So you mm-hmm. can, you, you don't have to just switch back and forth between. And also command, what is that? Tilda. Tilda. I that one's that. awesome too, because that lets you switch between uh, Windows in the same app, which I'm assuming we'd also be able to use in the iPad, and that's exciting. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say that. That's I use that on the Mac a lot, because if I have, say, a bunch of different Windows open within an app, like in Safari or in Excel or something, you can switch between those with Command tilde. That would be now a feature that would work on the iPad in iOS 13 if they did this change. I get really frustrated when I'm showing something to someone on their computer and so they're navigating, and they're just, like, dragging their mouse and clicking on things. I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Command tab. Like, it's, command I, I do the same thing. I'm always like, have you heard of command tab? <laughs> <laughs> Change your life. Um, so another thing okay. is uh, for the iPad is it's possible that the newest iPad Pro will get mouse support. Wow. That would be a game changer to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical, but I'm open to it. It's an exciting development if it happens. Because, I mean, the thing that I've been saying for a while is that the hardware for the iPad is good enough to support work functionality. It's the software. And one of the main things is, like, having full computer user interface, which is, like, Mac OS. And mouse support is definitely a big part of that. Being able to use a mouse adds a lot of ease of use in terms of navigating all these different windows. Um, So adding windows, the ability to have, you know, different things open within one app and then adding mouse support it's getting pretty pretty close but it's also getting pretty close to it's funny because apple's swearing that they're never gonna do a computer interface for an ipad and then they're slowly adding these features that makes it more and more computer like and so you're going to be interested in the mac os uh rumors that i okay, have okay let's hear it uh well i'm not done with the okay iPhone. okay okay so one 
One another update that I'm excited about is they're supposed to be moving the accessibility settings menu. It's currently buried within the general settings. Mm-hmm. But I find I I don't even need accessibility features except for there are some that I like. But I go to that menu often enough that it's kind of a pain. Yeah. And they're going to move it into the main settings menu, which I think is a great idea. And they also put a lot of features or settings within accessibility that are just kind of more general features, which is interesting, which is I may, I guess it makes sense why they put it under general then. But it is weird because a lot of the, the settings you put there, it, it, they don't really have that much to do with accessibility, really. I don't know. Maybe. But I think that they're not limited to that. And so if it's buried like that, a lot of people don't even know that they have the options to do yeah. those things. No, I like pulling it out as more of a side as to yeah. why I, I go there pretty regularly too. And another thing that Apple is uh, going to be doing is, well, they're adding like hearing health tracking to their health tracking options. And as part of that, there's going to be better hearing aid integration. Oh, cool. Yeah, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll be happy to know that, according to the rumors, Siri will be getting the ability to distinguish between different voices for your HomePod. I'm very happy to hear that. And it's about time. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, and this is probably related. Um, Siri will be better able to filter out ambient noise so it can understand you better. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, so the reason why Sarah's telling me that I'm happy to know that is well, it's been one of my major complaints about the HomePod is it has the advantage of the HomePod, of course, is it's a smart speaker. So you can do things like text from it or read your texts or you can schedule, I think you can schedule calendar now. I don't know. There's a lot of different features on there that you can use Siri to use, but they're major security concerns um, if you have it in a public location in your house. Uh, And so having the ability to tell who's speaking means I could then you use it for texting, but my my partner's six year old could not, for example, <laughs> which seems important. Uh, and so, you know, you right now you're in a situation where you can either turn that feature off altogether, and then it's not a very smart smart speaker, or you leave it on, and you're taking the risk that anybody who walks by could listen to your text messages or send a text message. So it's the main reason I don't have my I have my HomePod in my bedroom because. You know, I have a teenager at home, and she has other teenage friends over, and they're mostly just really nice, respectful kids, but I can see them messing with, yeah. with my, you know, texting. <laughs> it feels a little funny, and, and I've had a few times when uh, my partner's six-year-old has gone and sent text messages with Siri, and the outcomes were funny, but, uh, you know, you don't want to go there. <laughs> right. Um, so as far as watchOS goes... Okay, so that's so we're wrapping up iPhone. That's right. it for iPhone. There's there are actually a whole lot more um, things. This is just a quick um, summary of them, and I did a roundup of of the WWDC rumors that's on our website right now, and I'll link to it in the show notes. But that was also based um, like two outlets, Nine to Five Mac and Bloomberg, both were kind of like the ones who were able to get the best sort of rumor scoops. So um, I recommend uh, checking those out as well. And those articles are linked to in my article. Can I tell you what my what I'm hoping we get? And I talk about it literally, it's been like five years now. You know, can you guess what it is? 
No. It's multi-user management oh, for yes, iOS. Oh, yes, absolutely. For it's at least for the iPad. So, at least for the iPad, but even for the iPhone, you want you need to have like a guest login or have the ability to have different people have different logins. They've had this for Mac for years, and it's the same problem where my partner's six-year-old likes to use my phone in the car to play games, but then he has complete access to my phone. He can send text messages, which he loves to do, and now he can read, and he can read all the, all the text messages and emails, and there's so many privacy concerns there that really, it's, if you have it for Mac, I don't know why they don't have it for iOS. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. Maybe that'll happen, but I doubt it because I've been wanting it for years. <laughs> So before we move on to the other devices, I want to take a second to tell you about our second sponsor, which is Hyper. Uh, so one of the things we've been talking about is the iPad and using it for work. And while the UI can be limiting, Apple did add something really cool, which is a USB-C drive, or USB-C plug, I should say. Uh, and so what Hyper has come up with is basically a dock that you put into your iPad that allows you to use it with third-party devices. So actually, over the weekend, we had somebody come post in our Facebook group of how do I transfer photos from my Nikon camera to my iPad? And the answer is this dock. And so what this dock has is it has, first of all, it has a headphone jack, which is really nice. Uh, but it also has a spot for a micro SD card, so you can transfer photos back and forth from a camera. It has a spot for standard uh, USB. It's got pretty much all the different ports you would want to be able to use your computer to connect to devices. So it's by Hyper. Uh, if you go, uh, we will link to it in the show notes if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast. Uh, it also, it's a product we love, and it won a CES Best of CES Award, iPhone Life Best of CES Award. So make sure you check it out. Okay, Sarah, so we were just about to talk about Apple Watch, right? Yeah, Watch OS 6. So it looks like with the updates, the rumored updates, that what Apple is trying to do is make the watch even more independent from the iPhone. I mean, okay. now we have, like, cellular data and... Um, so you've, people have been able to make calls and do mm -hmm. things like that. And we have uh, better Siri with the iPhone, I mean, with the Apple Watch. But now the Apple Watch is supposed to be getting its own App Store app. Oh. So you could download apps directly to your Apple Watch. Um, and also, just like we, last time we got podcasts, now we're going to get books. So you can download an audiobook directly to your Apple Watch and listen to it without having to bring your phone. Um, and also we're expected to get voice memos and calculator very cool. And then, of course, um, there will be, like, you know, more watch faces and complications <laughs> and things like that. Um, so you'll be able to have an app that's a standalone app that works on your Apple Watch but isn't, does not have a companion app on the iPhone, basically? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, well, and you can download it. Like, previously, you always had to download things to your, you know, on your iPhone. Oh, so you could download it directly from your Apple Watch to your Apple Watch. You can access, yeah, you can access the App Store from your watch, Very which you've cool. never been able Very to cool. do before. So that's the rumors for the watch. Okay. And now for Mac OS, um, I'm not going to talk about all the rumors, but the one that I'm most interested in is um, Apple's developer kit Marzipan, mm -hmm. which um, just like Apple has done, you know, like let some of the native apps, I think it was stocks and voice memos, mm -hmm. um, become, they made them cross-platform so that you could use them on both Mac and your iPad and iPhone. Um, they've now made it possible for third-party developers to do that as well. So that's pretty exciting. Um, 
the idea you can have cross-platform apps. And some of the rumors were even saying um, eventually we'll just have like one unified app store where all the, like most of the apps could be used like on all your devices. That's cool. I think it's a little ways down the road, but it's still like I'm excited by all the different types of integration we're seeing. Yeah, there's slow, slowly merging operating systems here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, I love it. I've been a fan of that from the beginning is it seems like being able to have uh, features that go cross-platform is really important. So I'm glad Apple's moving yeah. in that direction, even if they said they wouldn't. So what, which of these uh, rumors are you most excited about, David? And what do you think like it kind of says about the direction Apple is heading with I their think, devices? I mean, I'll be really interested to see. I mean, first of all, it definitely everything we're hearing is moving in the direction we just said, kind of ha- cross-platform functionality, which I'm excited about. The other thing that I'm not hearing is like big, fancy new features. So in some ways, it feels like Apple is heading in the direction of polish right now. Uh, as opposed to kind of one of those times when they redesigned the the iOS from the ground up, like iOS 7 or iOS 11 did that a little bit. Um, so I, I'm happy about that because I get nervous when I hear major big redesigns. Um, it's always so painful for the yeah. first like three to six months. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know. That's that's my thoughts on it is everything I'm hearing, all of those features sound fine, but none of them are like, oh my god, I'm so excited, can't wait. What about you? Um, Yeah, they all sound fine. I kind of find in general the updates that make me the happiest, even if I'm not the most excited about them because they don't have the wow factor, are just the ones that really refine Mm -hmm. the way the iPhone or the watch works so that it's just like a much smoother, more convenient uh, just experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that there will be a lot of this, you know, the combination of the apps and the addition of new sort of features and interfaces. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll be really curious to see what what they do. Because a lot of times they they have a, a big new feature that those are often the ones that don't necessarily leak. So we'll see. Um, and also one of the things to look for too is oftentimes at WWDC, with the software updates, they're giving you hints as to what the hardware updates will come in the fall. Right. So it'll be interesting to get some hints in terms of where Apple's going with software because that often leads to new hardware or hardware changes. So. Right. And speaking of WWDC, um, it's next week on mm-hmm. June 3rd. Um, the keynote will be broadcast. That's the how they kick off WWDC. It's a week-long conference, but the part we care about is the the keynote where they announce all these software updates that will take place at 10 a.m pacific time um we'll be covering the announcement live in our facebook group and then immediately after david donna and i will be kind of giving you our take so we'll see if these rumors and our opinion about them actually pan out um so you can tune in next week so instead of every other week we'll have two podcasts in a row back-to-back podcasts yeah don will be back so if you guys are on any of our mailing lists you will get an email telling you all this but if not or just preemptively make sure you are in our facebook group because we will be doing live commentary throughout the entire announcement Uh, and i think it'll be donna and i will be doing that and so we will be kind of giving you live commentary then immediately after like sarah's saying make sure you look for our podcast because we that'll be fun. Right. And if you have any questions um, while you're watching the podcast, you can ask those questions in the iPhone uh, iPhone Life group 
Facebook group, and we can address them in the podcast as well. Yeah, and we welcome you guys' input as well in the Facebook group. Yeah. A lot of times people see Donna and I giving live commentary, and they think, okay, well, I'm not supposed to comment. Feel free to comment. Join the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we spend a lot of time sort of thinking about Apple, but that doesn't mean like, I mean, like sometimes like a reader will write in with a totally different perspective and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So it's really like, it's really great to get that back and forth with our readers mm -hmm. um, and listeners, if you're <laughs> listening to the podcast, <laughs> because, um, you know, it kind of like, you get so focused on little things, it kind of expands your worldview and, and we have some really smart listeners and readers. So. Absolutely. And with that in mind, I'd like to expand our question of the week. Our first question of the week was, do you use dark mode on your Mac? And are you looking forward to it? But I'd be curious to hear, is there any features in particular that you guys are hoping to hear from at WWC or looking forward to that we just announced? So I knew you were going to end up having to add that question. I know. I did too. <laughs> uh, podcast iPhoneLife.com. And this wraps up our episode, uh, unless you are an insider, in which case we'll have some bonus content for you. If you're not an insider, make sure you go subscribe. Uh, if you are an insider, stick around, and we're going to talk about complaints and learning of the week. Everyone else, thanks so much for listening. Thanks, everyone.